Welcome to Got Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, and along here with your co-host, Jonathan Gassman. Hey, hey. Hey, JG. Happy Memorial. Well, it's not officially Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day weekend. That's right. So you're listening to Got Wisdom. We talk about topics every Saturday night to help you in your personal and professional lives. Got Wisdom will make you think, and we'll leave you with real solutions that come from real wisdoms. What wisdoms do you have, JG? I have a lot of wisdoms. Yeah. Well, big week, right? Wasn't this a big week? It was your birthday. It was my birthday. Happy birthday, right? Thank you. Yes. Right? And it was. It's Fleet Week, right? Yes. It's Memorial Fleet Day. Week. Yes. And we have your dad's. Oh right? yeah, the anniversary of my dad. My dad yeah. was a um, highly decorated war hero from the Korean War. Yeah. And tonight the we have a very spe- yes. Yeah. And tonight we have a, a very very special guest with us. Colonel Jack Jacobs. He's a retired colonel from the United States Army, a Medal of Honor recipient for his actions during Vietnam, right? Yeah. And in addition to that Medal of Honor, he's also received two silver stars, three bronze stars, and two purple hearts. He saved a lot of lives. Oh, many. And uh, he currently serves as, by the way, a military analyst for NBC News and MSNBC. So when we come back... Um, from this short break coming up, he's going to join us here on Gut Wisdom. So stay tuned for a special Memorial Day episode, leadership lessons from the battlefield, right after news, traffic, and weather on WCBS News Radio 880. But I know you're nudging me. What do you want to say? This is a major weekend. This is like a tribute to the people that have served yes. and are currently serving our country. Are you going to, what are you going to do about that? Are you doing anything special? I'm going to honor my father who yeah. served. I go to uh, Calverton National Cemetery, actually, and uh, they do an amazing, amazing ceremony. So, okay, coming back with our special guest, Colonel Jack Jacobs, right after the break. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive-time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back, everyone. And if you are just tuning in, I'm Deirdre Koppelman, here with your co-host, Jonathan Gassman. Hey. Hey, JG. We always call you JG. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. And we are so, so honored to be here tonight with everybody. Right, yeah, JG? Yeah, tonight is special night. It's all about honoring the women and the men that have served and are currently serving our beautiful country. And mm-hmm. in honor of Memorial Day and Fleet Week here in New York City. We are so excited to welcome Colonel Jack Jacobs to Gut Wisdom tonight. Amazing. Colonel Jack Jacobs, are you there? I am indeed. Thanks for having me on the program. Well, you, we met you through um, a very dear friend, a very dear friend Fred yeah. Tarter. And when Jonathan or JG and I were sitting talking about, you know, what what episode did we want to do? You know, what was the content that we wanted to provide? Of course, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's Saturday night. Lots of folks are away for the weekend, uh, depending on this weather, of course, hopefully eating, you know, hot dogs and having a great time. (laughs) And, And we really, when it comes down to it, it really is about for us and, and for so many people to honor, um, those that have served, as JG said, and that are currently serving. And you were the first person that came to both of our minds. Um, simultaneously. Simultaneously. <laughs> and we were like, do you think that Colonel Jack Jacobs would be able to um, join us? And so the fact that you are 
um, it's just a blessing. So we have a couple of questions. I'm sure nothing that you can't handle. Um, <laughs> well, you say that now. Why well, don't you ask me the question? I go, huh? Well, uh, I don't know. Ah, we'll see. Let's have some fun. Um, your selfless dedication during the Vietnam War clearly has put you among the most highly decorated soldiers of that time in our history. So I'm curious, what is your definition of courage? Well, I actually don't have one. I think it's, uh, it's site-specific, you know. It depends on the circumstance. Um, I think there are several kinds of courage, and they are not all... Uh, revolving around uh, being in a dangerous situation. I, I think there's also, and we forget frequently, that there's moral courage. Mm-hmm. Situations in which you need, really need to stand up for what's right, uh, whether it's physically dangerous or not, to get the right thing done or to do the right thing when it is, it's, not, uh, it's not comfortable to do so. Uh, it may be socially unacceptable or socially difficult or mm-hmm. embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so physical courage, sure, there are plenty of instances in which from time to time you have to exercise physical courage. But I think moral courage is much more important. And it's one of the things I think that's been lost or forgotten in in an environment now in which uh, life is fragmented, the community is fragmented, and we forget about the fact that there are certain things we need to do in order to hang together. Uh, I think I think doing the right thing in a difficult circumstance, that's courage too. You know, it's so interesting, and I appreciate that. So many times, that's an interview question that we ask people. You know, if you see something, will you say something if it means you might lose your job or be, you know have some retaliation or, um, or have you done that in the past? You know, that's, so that's the moral courage. I love it. But you had to be courageous. I mean, you saved so many lives. Well, you don't think about that in the, in the heat of the moment. You think about other things, actually. Um, I mean, I was wounded in the first seconds of the engagement. We had lost like 50 or 75 soldiers killed or wounded in the first 10 seconds or so of the engagement. And so you're not thinking about the fact that you're going to get hurt because you're already hurt. Mm. You think instead, actually, about your fellow soldiers, about how you have lived together and fought the enemy together and that you owe each other um, uh, the the exertion of, uh, of whatever you can in order to make sure that you all defeat the enemy and and save the people who are still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reminded of the observation of, um, of Benjamin Franklin during the revolution when he wrote, um, he wrote, we must hang together or we will surely hang separately. Yes. Profound. And he meant it back then exactly the same as we would mean it today. I mean, there's a sense of community that binds people together. There's a sense of shared uh, uh, danger, shared purpose that keeps people together. And it's very important that we not forget that is, I think it's really important that we strive to be part of something that's greater than ourselves. I don't think you're a worthwhile person until you are exerting effort in an enterprise in which you're not the center of attention. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important for all of us. And I think 
to a greater or lesser extent from time to time, we've lost that notion. Yeah. Tend to agree with you, JG. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, that, uh, you know, we have to look at things from a different perspective, not about ourselves, but for the greater good. Absolutely. And we do that inside companies, and, and we encourage the leadership behavior of, you know, it's all for one. And that's true because we are hopefully all, um, you know, going after the same goal. We all have the same mission and we rely on each other. Well, you you have a responsibility to each other. I'll t- I'll, if we've got some time, I'll tell you, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something of a shaggy dog story. There's a friend of mine who was, uh, who enlisted in the Marine mm. Corps, uh, in the war in Vietnam uh, he was 16 years old. He was from the Bronx. He lied about his age, used his brother's birth certificate and so on. You can't do that nowadays because everybody, they get, the government has a picture of your retina, you know, and they, they can tell who is and who isn't and so on. Um, in any case, he thought he had an obligation as a young person to go defend the country. His his father had served in the, in the uh, Army during the war in Vietnam. He enlisted in the Marines. I mean, he, his father had served in the in the Second World War. He enlisted in the Marines, went to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. He was a private of Marines uh, in Quezon, all the way up north during the Tet Offensive. A very uh, difficult time to be in the uh, up in Quezon, a very difficult time to be in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. The battle was raging everywhere. He and his squad were outside the wire at Quezon. By the way, there, was a, there were several divisions of enemy out there. I mean, you know. Right several tens of thousands of bad guys. It was uh, fraught with danger. The squad was out there to see exactly where the closest enemy were located. They got into a huge firefight. Um, A couple of guys were wounded, and one of the Marines was very badly wounded, was out in the middle uh, of this open area. Their squad leader, a sergeant who was 19 years old, Mm -hmm. maybe 20, I think, my buddy said, rushed out onto the open area that was getting all shot up by the enemy, collected up his wounded Marine and brought him back to safety. Unfortunately, his Marine was already mortally wounded, and his last words were when he looked up at his sergeant who had just rescued him. He said, I knew you'd come for me. That kind of notion that we must be for each other uh, is something sometimes that's lost and we can't forget it. We certainly don't forget. I can tell you this, those who've served in combat, even those who've served in uniform, but not in combat, no, they, they all know it to be true. We've, we've got to extrapolate. We've got to bring that notion to our communities writ large. We and, are and our, and, together. and to our youth and to the, you know, future generations. Well, you can't teach it to people who are 40 years old. You got to start teaching it to kids when they're really, really young, absolutely. You can't wait, even till they're in high school, by then you you lost them. You got to teach. You got to teach really important social values. You have to teach when people are very young. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, uh, I'll let. I think about confidence. Yeah, you know the confidence that you have to make certain decisions to go out and save lives. Do you think you need to have confidence to have courage? Uh, I think the short answer is in most circumstances, yes, because I think uh, you have to have confidence in your ability to know what to do. I talk to young people all the time, and I also talk to kids who are about ready to go into the military 
or in professions because they talk to colleges and universities and so on. And, and I tell them all the same thing. I said, one of your first priorities is to be really good at your job. Because if you're not, your subordinates are going to be able to see right through you no matter how stupid they are. They're going to see that you're a fake. Mm -hmm. And they will have no confidence in you. In addition, we should be, we usually are, our own worst critics. And if we are not good at what we do, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to know it. And if you know that you're not good at what what you do, you're not going to have any confidence. You're not going to be able to exert any leadership if you're not confident in yourself. So knowing what you're doing for a living uh, is really, really important. So uh, another, another plug for education and training to make sure you're trained properly to do your job. No question. So before we go to a quick break, I, I want... I want to put a question out there that uh, you don't have to answer now, but after news, traffic, and weather, we'll we'll ask for the answer. Um, In your opinion, do you think that the men and women serving our country today, are they more challenged than you were back when? And if so, how? So that's a question for you to ponder, because I'm curious. I mean, we're at war everywhere. The Korean Peninsula, obviously. We're fighting wars we don't we're, even we're, know about. Right, right. So the landscape has changed. And don't answer yet because we have to get ready to go to a break. But when we come back, will you give us your thoughts? I will indeed. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that, JG. Um, so before we go to news, traffic, and weather, we want to remind our listeners. You are listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. We are honored this Memorial Day weekend to have with us, you were listening to Colonel um, Jack Jacobs. Jacobs. Yes, I couldn't get the (laughs) judge out, the Jack Jacobs. And he's coming back to to share some more uh, wisdoms with us. You know, what are the wisdoms you get from being on the battlefield? What wisdoms can you bring into into your lives, and we are—we're really just blessed to to have him with us tonight. And JG, is there anything else that you want to share? I know you have something on your mind. Is it our live event? I was just about to say, don't forget about the live event on June fourteenth. Yes, we are taping in front of a live audience. Gut Wisdom is going live on June fourteenth, and we are offering up to how many? Three. Uh-huh. This week it's three. Three <laughs> listeners with a guest, VIP passes. Uh, we cannot announce who our guest will be, but we'd like to invite three listeners with a guest to join us at uh, at our live event. June 14th, you can email me, please, not while, while you are driving, at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. And when we come back, the question that we have asked Uh, Colonel Jack Jacobs, who is Medal of Honor recipient amongst many other, um, I mean, citations from two bronze stars, two silver stars, two purple hearts. Colonel Jack Jacobs is coming back with us, and we want to get his opinion on what does he think about the differences today, the wars that we're fighting. So stay tuned. News, traffic, and weather on WCBS News Radio 880. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. 
Hey everybody, you're listening to Gut Wisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M. I am JG co-host, along with Deirdre Koppelman, our host. Say hi, D. Hello, it's Saturday night, it's Memorial Day weekend, and we are honoring... Our veterans. Our veterans, yes. Those that have served and those that are currently serving and protecting our liberty, our freedom and liberty. You know? You got to take that very seriously because, uh, you know, how many people are really willing to do that? Yeah. How many people are willing to sacrifice their their lives, put it down on the line to protect? There's so many. And there are so many. And there's so many more. So who do we have with us tonight? Oh, we have the infamous... Colonel Jack Jacobs. Yes, we do. Tell us a little well, bit not, about Not infamous, no. <laughs> famous, correct. Not, not famous either. I'm just a pal of yours. Uh, no justs, no just. You're also a military uh, analyst for MSNBC, right? Yep. I uh, work for NBC, MSNBC, and uh, CNBC, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm on air talking about national security affairs most of the time. Yes, I think that you should uh, help us, help help the country uh, in this different battlefield, Jack. <laughs> yeah, these are complicated times to be sure. They are. So before so, the break... Yeah, let's go back to yeah, that question. Before the break, we asked you to ponder the following, right? So do you think that the men and women serving our country today are more challenged uh, than you were as a soldier? in combat you know well you know every generation has its own challenges the ones today are very much different than they were when i was in uniform and i was fighting overseas Uh, the the whole notion of people ardently trying to kill you that hasn't changed very much so the kids who are out there getting shot at um if it doesn't matter what kind of war you're fighting, it doesn't matter what the strategic objectives are for the for the young person who is at the cutting edge of freedom, uh, the dangers, the way you have to act, your responsibilities, the tactics have pretty much not changed. Hmm. Uh, what has changed is the are, are are things at the strategic level, the objectives that the country sets for itself, the kinds of things we do with our military instrument of power and how the military instrument is integrated or not integrated well into the other instruments of power, uh, diplomacy on the one hand and Mm. uh, economic instruments on the other. All that has changed. But, you know, for the kid in uniform who's trying to stay alive, trying to defeat the enemy and trying to keep each other, his his friends and comrades alive, uh, that that, that probably hasn't changed in, in millennia. Yeah. So that's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But the tactics on the battlefield have changed. Well, at the at the at the lowest level, they haven't changed. I mean, you, the the mission of the infantry is still pretty much the same: to close with and kill or capture the enemy by means of fire and maneuver. Mm. And that obtains today the same as it did, uh, same as it did when I was young, and same as it did when my father. Uh, fought in the South Pacific uh, mm-hmm. during the Second World War and so on. Mm-hmm. But th- the way in which we use the military instrument of power, that's changed dramatically. So, uh, but that that maybe is for a separate discussion. I don't know. Yes. Well, well it's a, maybe. Well, we well, can we tap a little because, bit into it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I heard you once uh, in an interview say, almost anything you do in business, government, and even in your personal life oriented. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I heard that if... Oriented. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I heard that in in your last comment. 
Well, the, the, the objective uh, being the, the same. The principle of the objective is one of the nine principles of war. They include things like unity of command and surprise and economy of force and so on. And I think all those principle, principles are useful in every walk of life, including business, maybe particularly business. But there certainly are uh, dominating notions in the use of the military instrument of power. But I think the the most important of all the principles of war is the principle of the objective because without it, none of the other stuff is, is relevant. Mm-hmm. We forget that from time to time. The, the whole idea is um, that you first need to um, decide what it is you're trying to do before you allocate resources to accomplish it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reminded of the, uh, of the observation of actually a person who was not a very nice person I think it was the the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll. Because mm. Lewis Carroll wasn't even his real name. You have to be suspect of somebody who uses a an alien. In any case, all that <laughs> he did write. I think it was in Through the Looking Glass. He wrote, "If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there." Duh. I mean, we know <laughs> Duh. that. Correct. And yet, we violate that all the time. We violate it in government level. We violate it in, in the military establishment. We violate it in our personal lives. We have a tendency to allocate resources without first thinking what it is we're trying to do. How do we know when it's going to be over? And then start at the end. You always need to do it. Start at the <clears> end <throat> and work backwards. Uh, to the extent that we have failed in a lot of things. Uh, it is usually because, not solely because, but certainly one of the independent variables is that we haven't articulated what it is we're trying to accomplish. And so we did that in yeah. Vietnam. We failed in <clears throat> Vietnam. We failed in Iraq pretty much for the same reason. Yeah. Um, we need to redouble our efforts at every level of analysis to decide what we're trying to do first before we allocate resources to accomplish it. Well, what do you think? So here's a, you know, another opinion question. So the Korean Peninsula, I'm just going to put that out there. What What do you think? Is the objective Well, I can clear? tell you how we got here first. That may be instructive is about where we go. Hmm. Um, both we and China decided that it was a problem that we didn't want to deal with. We didn't have the political will uh, to deal with it. And so we just kicked the can down the road. And now it's, uh, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible to deal with. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult to deal with. Nothing is going to be accomplished on the Korean peninsula unless and until we and the Chinese agree to do it because we can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. The Chinese don't want to do it alone. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese have different objectives than we do. They're very much concerned about a unified Korean peninsula, uh, because they figure that they will lose influence there, and mm-hmm. they don't want to do that. Which is, they also don't want to put the screws to the North Korean regime because they're worried about, I don't know, two million, five million more yeah. uh, uh, North Korean refugees streaming across the Yellow River into China. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want that either. And the result, of course, is a belligerent. Uh, North Korea with with increasing capability to wreak havoc yeah. just about everywhere, uh, that's not going to stop. The Koreans, North Koreans are not going to give up their quest for uh, a fairly substantial uh, nuclear arsenal that's deliverable. Right. Um, we've got to look actually at the North Korean regime as something of a continuing criminal enterprise. If they were subject to RICO, wow. we would commandeer all their stuff. Exactly, sure. yeah. About 40% of their gross domestic product goes to the military establishment. Um, the, we need to put 
economic strictures on North Korea that are crippling, but the Chinese don't want us to do that for reasons I just explained. But I think we need to threaten to put economic strictures on China, too. And that's the only way we're going to get China's attention. And then uh, if if they're ever going to... uh, cooperate with us and putting the screws to North Korea. But that that's the situation we're in now. When we got to this point, because we have uh, we've been reluctant to do what we really needed to do at a time when it was easier to do it. Right. Sure. Well, and that brings us, you know, to the next sort of uh, area of <sighs> trouble. Um, I mean, look at what just happened, obviously, in Manchester at the uh, Ariana Grande concert. Yeah. And the, these uh, suicide bombers and um, extremists, these these events are happening now, um, obviously, more frequently. Um, what's the objective? How do we do this? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I, it, it's a complicated uh, uh, scenario. The enemy is fragmented, which is both good news and bad news. Good news is we've been able to lop off the the their ability to coalesce into a formidable force. The bad news is now that they're fragmented and much more difficult to find and neutralize. Uh, we have a little bit better situation in the United States than they do in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, our immigrants, by and large, are fairly well integrated into the economic and political fabric of the country. Mm-hmm. So it's less likely that we're going to have that kind of problem with homegrown terrorism than the Europeans have. The Europeans have a very difficult problem that's extremely difficult to uh, to solve. I think the only way that we're going to be able to remain as as um, as protected as we possibly can be is if we are diligent in making sure that we track down any possibility of uh, terrorism before it happens here. And that means continued surveillance, increased surveillance, and, and uh, second, uh, intelligence sharing with uh, other nation states. If we do that, we will have a better chance of remaining safe to the extent that we ignore sharing intelligence, getting intelligence from our allies and friends, uh, ignore uh, potential problems in this country. We don't surveil people who are who we suspect to be uh, to be have the potential for causing havoc. I think we're going to be far less safe. We just have to be diligent in the intelligence arena. Yeah. Yeah. So here, thank you for, we, we love listening to you. Here's something a little bit off the beaten path. I know, uh, JG and I didn't want to get, we, we have limited time with you, of course, which we appreciate. JG, what's, what's a question you were talking about before for, uh, for our Colonel? Well, I'm curious if you could give your younger self <laughs> the best two pieces of advice today, knowing what you know and having experienced what you have, what would those two pieces of advice be well don't get married when you're 18 years old That's oh amen i told i i totally i we're on I the same the right page. age to get married is 85. That's the right age. <laughs> so that's one. I think the second, I, 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 think, I think the most important thing is to be diligent in study. Um, with, without education, you become ignorant, and you can't integrate into the, into the uh, 
very fast developing economic fabric of the country. So study as a young person is extremely important. You don't have to decide what it is you're going to do. Unfortunately, 18-year-old kids have to decide what they're going to do when they're too young to actually decide before it becomes really significant. That's the way life is. Mm -hmm. I I think the best thing to do is to have a well-rounded liberal education, then you can wind up doing anything. I went to Wall Street after I uh, after I retired from the Army, I had never taken an economics course, but I had authority and responsibility at a very early age because I was in the, in the Army. And I think having a lot of authority and responsibility when you're young, seeking it out is the best way to become proficient at being a grown-up and being successful uh, once you are a grown-up. Hard work never, not only didn't hurt anybody, hard work is essential for success. Mm -hmm. And one last question before we go, and those are great, that's great advice, and I especially like the do not get married when you're 18. Um, (laughs) I can relate to that. That's a a good wisdom. So you you have a book that you wrote called If Not Now, When? Duty right. and sacrifice in America's time of need. What What is a wisdom, since the name of our show is Gut Wisdom? Is there one wisdom that you could pull from that book that you would like to share with our listeners and us? Yeah, I think it's the whole notion, if not now, when, which comes from Hillel. Uh, yes. The beginning of it is, I mean, the, the, the nexus of it, if not you, who, and if not now, when. I think you need to seize responsibility in difficult circumstances because if you have to assume that if it's a really tough thing to do, if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it. And you have a responsibility, therefore, to everybody around you, even not in a crisis, to do what you need to do in order to make life better for all of us. Profound. Totally profound, JG. So, Colonel Jack Jacobs, we want to thank you. We are uh, getting ready to go to a short break. We wish you, uh, first of all, we thank you for everything that you've done for all of us and continue to do even off of the battlefield, right? I mean, you're, you're constantly mentoring and tutoring and analyzing and sharing and educating, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you very much for having me on the program. You bet. So, listeners, before we go to news, traffic, and weather, obviously you've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. And we've had with us Colonel Jack Jacobs, a Medal of Honor recipient, and many, many more. Um, if you've missed, if you've just tuned in, you can listen to this episode on either iTunes or Play.it or even our own website. And you'll find many of the other uh, episodes that we've done that you can download and uh, get some wisdoms from. JG, you have anything to say? Because we have a, a little bit before we go. Yes. Go ahead. What a great show. This is just one of the best episodes, hearing from a leader like Colonel Jack Jacobs. Yeah. Sorry about my throat tonight. I know, you've <clears> been <throat> sick. Yeah, a little under the weather. I but better not catch it. I won't give it to you. But um, all seriousness, what a great honor to have somebody like him on the show and uh, to share these wisdoms because you know what? It's leadership on the battlefield and leadership at work and leadership in the things that you do every single day. Exactly. Okay. So on that note, we'll be right back. Uh, You're listening to Gut Wisdom, WCBS News Radio 880. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just tuning in, I'm Deirdre Koppelman. 
You're listening to Gut Wisdom. I am sitting here at Saturday night, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I know everybody feels bad. Here with John Gassman, co-host with the most, Thanks. aka JG. <laughs> Thank you. I can make a rap out of that. Rap. We go rap. We go rap. We go aka JG. JG. No. Okay. So anyway, we were chatting with uh, Colonel Jack Jacobs, right? Yep, yep. Before the break, and what an incredible, incredible guest. And I have to say that. Um, we're so honored, and I can't wait. Well, I have a couple of things I'd like to say before we get back into oh, some of the wisdoms that great. you shared with what us. What do you got? Um, so, you know, as a business owner, you're a business owner, I'm a business owner. Who do you turn to as a business owner when you need to make tough decisions? Now, this is not a question for you, JG, mm-hmm. right? Because I know who you turn to. You turn to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who challenges you? Who can... Who can you count on to question your answers? So we are affiliated. We we know a wonderful international firm. It's called Vistage, V-I-S-T-A-G-E-E, yes. Vistage International. And they have an executive exchange. So we have the opportunity to have our listeners, if you're a business owner, experience for yourself why New York's top CEOs and executives turn to Vistage peer advisory groups to help them, where they can you know, shoot the breeze, but really get get those business challenges out with peers who may not even be in the same industry, but have experienced the same challenges, the same universal business, yes. I'll call it dilemmas, right? So here's what's going on. They have an event on June 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts at eight o'clock in the morning at BNY Mellon Wealth Management right here in New York. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity, if you're listening, uh, to give you the availability to go there and learn a little bit more about, you know, who's around to help you make those tough decisions as a business owner. Yes. Learn more about how to optimize your business, enhance your leadership, turn inspiration into action. So listeners, if you're listening and you're a business owner and you'd like to check that out, I encourage you to go to www.vistage.com forward slash WCBS 880. Great event. Great event, great super, organization. Super I mean, organization. Vistage has helped you, has it not? Oh, for sure. I mean, where do the leaders go to when you get to a certain level? Uh, it's lonely at the top. I knew you were going to say that. I say it all the time because it's the <laughs> truth. And you need to have outside advisors sometimes to sort of give you perspective. Exactly. So that event, again, is on June 21st, 8 o'clock in the morning at BNY Mellon Wealth Management. Please go to the website, Vistage, V-I-S-T-A-G-E dot com forward slash WCBS 880 and uh, check it out. So. Yes. JJ. Back to Colonel Jack Jacobs. Colonel Jack Jacobs and, and you know, Fred Tarter, who introduced us to him. Yes. And for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we had the pleasure of listening and, and share, getting get, getting incredible advice from retired colonel uh, from the U.S. Army, Jack Jacobs, who not only is uh, a recipient of the Medal of Honor for his actions during the Vietnam War. Two silver stars, three bronze stars, two purple hearts. And two purple right. hearts. And, you know, he's currently uh, a military analyst on MSNBC. And he, he's just got a lot going on. And he shared some amazing wisdoms, I would say, you know, from the battlefield that can be applied to life. So I'm curious, J.J., because you and I have not really, rehearsed. We have not rehearsed this. Yep. 
What did you get? Tell me, tell me something that you can share with our listeners. I think one of the most profound uh, points that he mentioned was his last point, which came from the famous sagely scholar Hillel. Mm-hmm. You know, who, if the quote is correct, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? But if I am only for myself, who am I? And if not now, when? And this came from Hillel. It's a quote from Ethics of the Fathers. And uh, if you, what does it mean? Well, I mean, break it down for me. Yeah. So let let's discuss this in detail. If not me, then who? You so know, if I'm not so, going to do it, then who's going to do right. it? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't leave things to others at times. And sometimes you have to step up yeah. to the plate and take on responsibility. Right. Right. That was one of the points that he mentioned, the importance of young people seeking out, you know, authority and responsibilities. And this is the place for everyone. Everyone is a leader. Step up. Don't wait for other people to lead. Take the bull by the horns and run with it. So interesting. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I had a conversation this past, uh, right before the uh, holiday weekend started with a client. And I know it's, it's crazy, but it totally applies. We were talking and he was sort of feeling half pregnant, as he said, meaning (laughs) he wasn't really where he wanted to be in a certain uh, process, right? So he's not the CEO, he's uh, a VP. And, you know, he's kind of like not getting what he wants fast enough. I think that's the easiest way to describe it. And so I asked him, well, what are you doing about it? Are you just sort of sitting back and waiting for somebody else to push the ball sure. and make things happen? Or what could you, what, what can you do? Yeah. So it sort of reminded me when you, when you talk about if, if say it again, if not me, then who? Right. Yeah, it does. It reminds me of that. And what happened? What was your advice? My advice, well, so the way I give advice and the way I counsel is really to have the answers come from the individual. So I just ask the questions. And my question to him was, well, what do you think it is that you can do? What are some things that you can do to perhaps move the ball forward? What a great question. And that's one of my favorite questions always in most situations is, so what do you think you can do about that? Yeah, because most people actually have the answers in them. Well, of course, we all do. We all know that there's something, if you give yourself the time to think about Uh, creating your own solutions as opposed to sort of kicking back and waiting. Oh, I'm waiting for that person to get back to me. I'm waiting on, uh, you know, the boss to make that decision. I'm waiting for my sister to ask me X, Y, (laughs) Z, whatever, whatever it is. It's always, you know, well, what do you think you could do about the situation? It's one of my, you know, probably mostly asked questions. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so that was a good one. You know what? When, when Corporal uh, Jack Jacobs was chatting with us, Colonel, what did I call him? Corporate? I must need coffee. It's Saturday night. I haven't had enough. He's not a corporal. He is a full-fledged colonel. Colonel, of course. <laughs> oh, forgive me. I need more coffee. Uh, something that he said that really stuck out um, that was a little different. When we asked him his opinion on courage, like what's his definition of courage? Now remember, this is a guy with two purple hearts and you know, very, very decorated uh, war hero. And he he thought that, well, there's physical courage, which is great, but what was really more important was moral courage. Moral courage, yeah. Right? Things that are socially unacceptable, lost or forgotten because life is so fragmented. 
And what are you doing about that? You know, it's almost like that if you see something, say something. There's a moral courage that he felt was equally, if not more important than physical courage of actually going out in the battlefield and saving people. Yeah. Standing up and doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's not just when people are looking. It's when people aren't looking. Yeah. And just think about it. How often you see that at work. Someone's being bullied, right? Sure. Or... Mm-hmm. You're afraid to say something. Right. Because what are the repercussions? How's it going to get back to you? How's it going to affect? How's it going to affect or impact your job? Yeah. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to stand up and stand out. But Well, uh, there's that and, fear. There's a fear of retaliation. Right. So and I we've get dealt, it. And we've dealt with people that, yeah. uh, and I always think of certain bully bosses that, you know, they take advantage mm-hmm. of, their, of people mm-hmm. and how often it is that people just shy or, you know, which walk would, away from, you know, standing up and doing the right thing. And and we had with one who actually did stand up yeah. and say, hey, this is not right. And you know what? If this continues, I'm going to quit. And well, they did quit and they walked out. Yes. And. Hmm. Ooh, yes. And lessons. yes, yes, yes. Um, we also learned a little earlier tonight. Um, Jack was saying we owe each other. Now, this is from the battlefield. We yeah. owe each other the mm-hmm. exertion to each other, to the other soldiers that were there with. We owe each other the exertion um, to to one another. Yeah. So how how is that any different than being on a team, right? We owe it to each other. We're, we're here eight, 10 hours a day. Sure. Right? Spend half your life at work. You spend more, I think more than <laughs> half of your life at work. So... How is it any different than the battlefield? Don't you owe your teammates the same amount of exertion, right? Yeah. To save their butts yeah. from whatever or achieve the goal, yeah, the, objective. the objective. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, really interesting, uh, interesting night. Yeah. You know, you're staring I, at I, me. Well, <clears throat> there are so many great principles and lessons what from was start. The, what was the Ben Franklin quote? Did you catch that? Did no. you write that down? Oh. We're going to have to put that on our uh, blog that comes out on Monday. Um, it was a great Ben Franklin quote. You didn't write it down? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I couldn't write fast enough. <laughs> he was he so had good. so many wisdoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, uh, what else did you pick up from him? Well, I like the fact of start with the end in mind. And, you know, that's an old Stephen Covey yeah. comment. Yeah. But it, it, it really resonates quite loudly because, unfortunately, we lose track of what the objectives are mm-hmm. and we forget when we go off on tangents mm-hmm. and you always have to go back to what is the core principle what is it that we're aiming for what's the bullseye what's the target and that keeps you aligned it right? does and, and his point and i think the quote was if you don't know where you are going any road's going to take you there exactly so the point of starting with the end in mind having a bullseye having a target having clearly articulated goals written out is so vital so does to that success. Help, so does that help you? Because you're you're a guy who sees like many rabbits. What is it? You chase many squirrel, rabbits? Squirrel, 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 squirrel yep, right? Yep. Yeah. Do you have an objective? Do you have? Do you start with the end result for all of those squirrels? I don't always. Sometimes I get sidetracked, and I need I need people to keep me on track. You know, that's why I have great team members, and that's why we have people in our organization that, hey, does this really hurt, help us, hurt us, or is this neutral? Or is it is neutral? Is it take, taking us to the to the promised land? And yeah. the answer is a lot of times, ooh, thanks. I yeah. needed that. Yeah. Well, awesome, awesome episode tonight. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Gut Wisdom, and we had Corporal Jack 
Colonel. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. Colonel. He, he's going to be very upset with me. He'll forgive you. <laughs> Colonel, don't be upset with me. It's an exhausting, it's been an exhausting week. It was my birthday. Yes. Did you wish me a happy birthday? Happy birthday. No, I didn't say sing. Oh. I just said wish me a happy birthday. Happy birthday on anyway, May 22nd. Yes. Thank you. Remember if that, you'd listeners? like to hear what we learned tonight, you can download previous episodes, including this episode, from iTunes or play.it. And watch for our blog. Because our blog always has even a lot more tidbits and wisdoms than just merely what was presented on the show. Correct. Right? And we have a live event that yep. is coming up on June 14th. We are recording. It's amazing. It's like radio theater. Yes. We're recording in front of a live <laughs> audience. Uh, wait until you hear who our guest is. I am not allowed to say it yet. Nope. But we are offering three of our listeners VIP passes. Make it five. <clears throat> okay. Five. There you go. JG's feeling generous. Uh, it's going. It's five VIP passes to come with a guest, be in the audience, and join us and, and have some fun. So email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M dot com, and let me know. And keep... Keep responding. Keep sharing with us all the feedback. I love you know, it. We, Deirdre loves it. I love it. And uh, we appreciate, you know, everything that you comment on. And again, a lot of our stories come about for these episodes based on feedback that you provide to well, us. Well, that's true. That so, and, and real life stories. That's you why never it's know. called Gut Wisdom. And you never know. You may end up being on the show as we've had many guests on the show because they have uh, responded yes, yes. with interesting stories. Yes, because it's all about paying it forward. So tonight we want to wish everybody a, uh, a rest of a fabulous Memorial Day weekend. Honor the people that are serving, the people that have served. Honor each other, okay? And yep. we will be back next Saturday night. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880.